welcome everyone. And I guess I would be remiss if I didn't wish the fathers in the audience uh, <laughs> happy yeah. Father's Day. Um, the solstice is coming around, so we'll have a happy solstice day next week. So lots to celebrate, beautiful weather, um, wonderful gathering. <clears throat> this place uh, was built for you. And uh, you clearly carved out some time to inhabit this place. Um, I'm very grateful for that, uh, for your making time uh, in your life for a Sunday visit to Oan and practicing together. We read the Loving Kindness Sutra this morning, and one of the lines in the sutra is, let one not be submerged by the things of the world. Otherwise known as busyness. Many Sangha members ask me, well, how, how many minutes a day should I sit? And usually I'll say something like 20 minutes. And then they say, try it out and come back saying, you know, I'm really having trouble with this. Uh, I'm really busy and uh, I'm having trouble practicing. So I said, well, I usually tell people 20 minutes a day, except if you're busy, then you should sit for an hour. <laughs> And they look at me like I'm nuts. An hour? Uh, I have such a full life. Such, I mean, I'm going, going, going from the moment I get up in the morning till bedtime. And there's just no way uh, that I can do that. Sometimes... Someone will even say, you know, I'm just completely overwhelmed. Uh, I am, in fact, I'm burnt out with my life. That, of course, is if you're too busy to meditate, you're too busy. And this is exactly what you need to do. So this is the life we're living we're living this life of incredible, packed days, weeks, months. <clears throat> and often, you know, I'll hear people say, I wish I could, I wish I could be relieved of this. I wish I, I wish I had less to do. And the response is always, who chained you to this? Who's forcing, nobody's, nobody's forcing you to come here, which is wonderful that you, you've come without any pressure. But your life is like that generally. 
Um, who's forcing you to be busy? Who's chaining you to all these activities? Who? Where is that <laughs> being, that person, that set of circumstances that is forcing you to be so busy? And of course, I think our culture, the American culture, is kind of unique in this valuing of a really busy life. I, I spent some time in Italy, and the Italians can spot an American right away. How do they spot an American? Because they're always running. And you go into the, there's usually a big plaza in the middle of town. And you can see the Italian person doing walking meditation, you know, very slow. The American is just whipping by on the way to someplace, running, running, running. And of course, the Italians, they, they take three hours for lunch. Everything shuts down. Everything. In the middle of the day. Can you imagine that? When we're just getting revved up. They, everything shuts down. They go home and they spend three hours in the middle of the day. Just being with family or with friends. So we're running, and how often do you, do you hear people say you're in a conversation and you're being present with somebody and they're saying, oh, sorry, I have to run. Am I not reporting things accurately? Sorry, I have to run. Run, run, run. And we're running to the next thing. We're running to the next thing. But we're also running from. We're not just running toward the next thing on the to-do list. We're also running from something. And from a Buddhist perspective, we could say that we are running from ourselves. We're running from being with ourselves. That's why, in a way, sitting is a burden, because we have to sit with ourselves, and people they just don't want. You can see everybody's restless. You know, that's one of the hindrances. And, you know, it's not just that I'm too busy to sit, but I'm actually afraid to sit. Uh, it just is it feels I got to run away from it because I have to be with myself. I have to be in this space where I'm not occupied. I'm not being one of those many selves that I'm busy with all the time. So one of the Tibetan masters, Trungpa Rinpoche, who is since passed away, he calls busyness a fear of space. A fear of space. 
They said, when we fill up space, we fill up the space and time of our lives with all kinds of activities, ambitions, achievements, uh, things that we have to do, we want to do, there's no space. There's no space for what? For just being, not, not doing. And that's scary. When we sit, as I said, we pull the plug of, of all this stuff that we filled our lives with. We pull the plug. We come here and, of course, we, we probably bring our to-do lists in our pocket because we're already thinking, what else do I have to do today? <laughs> Maybe it was a mistake to come to Oan because there's just so many other things that I have to do. So busyness is filling space. S- sitting is pulling the plug. Not running. Sometimes this busyness is also called This is going to be a strange thing to say. It's a form, it's an extreme form of laziness. Why is it lazy to be busy? It seems quite the opposite. We're really active, we're doing, you know, we're not kind of we think of laziness as being kind of couch potato, uh, just kind of not wanting to do anything. But being busy, being too busy, is exactly the same thing because you are actually not doing anything when you are doing something because you're already not fully there. When you're busy, when you're too busy, you are actually living in the space between activities. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. That That you're not fully present. You're too lazy to be fully present, because being fully present takes energy, takes awareness, takes, takes your, your, um, your being, the fullness of your being, your attention. But mo- if we're busy, our attention is not fully in that what we're doing because we're, we're already not there fully. So we're living in the spaces between our our activities. And you can tell this when you're talking to somebody, uh, this happens a lot, and you're being present with them and then you begin to see this kind of glassy thing that they're, you know, they've left. They've, they've, They've left there. And so that leaving, it's like, okay, I'm drifting 
I'm, I'm drifting away now. That's the laziness. That's the... I just don't feel like being fully present here. And I'm using as an excuse that I have to run. I don't have to run to the next thing. <clears throat> so can we, can we participate in every experience with the fullness of our presence, which is energetic, rather than lazy, rather than kind of, I'm only going to be half, half here because I've got, I have this to-do list in my pocket, or I have my cell phone uh, here, you know, with my calendar or these little apps that are ringing, reminding me I have to get to the next appointment. Um, so I was trying to consider what I do that requires my full presence, leaving the to-do list, forgetting about the to-do list, forgetting about my phone, forgetting about all the future stuff that I need to do. What requires my full, complete presence? Maybe do you have something in your life that when you're doing it, you can't think of anything else. You've got to be fully there for it. I really can't think of much. Um, and I was thinking of having having an activity that's kind of similar to brain surgery. You know, if, if you're a brain surgeon, you really want to be paying attention, you know, right? Maybe any kind of surgeon. You don't want to be in la-la land as we are a good bit of the time, just kind of drifting away. So sometimes I feel gardening is like that, you know, that I just have to just focus on digging that hole um, and getting that plant just right. Or maybe cooking, cooking like my daughter made a flambe <laughs> dessert. And you don't want to fool around with fire. So uh, there are some things that require this complete attention. Can we live our lives that way in everything that we do? Washing the dishes, taking out the garbage, doing the laundry, walking with a friend, talking, not being lazy. So, one of the um, <clears throat> one of the ways in which this busyness is supported is by all the selves that we've constructed. If I'm a mother, I have 
kids to take care of. I have roles that, a role that requires certain activities. If I'm um, a gardener, I have to do certain things. If I'm a psychotherapist, I have certain responsibilities. If I am a, a husband or a wife or a girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, that's another thing that I've taken on. I have, I have other things to do. If I have a career, I have job responsibilities. So the more constructed cells we bring into our lives, the busier we're going to be. And we seem to want to be adding more and more roles, somehow thinking that the more cells we've constructed and the busier we come, we become, the more worthwhile we are, the more um, self-worth, the more people will recognize how important we are, that we're filling our lives, we're becoming, it's like, eating a lot, you know, getting heavier and heavier, uh, the more, and so we're substantial because we're, we're, we've filled our calendars, we've, we're doing all these things. <clears throat> our practice is to step out of these stories that we have developed about ourselves. All these cells, each of them has a story connected and we're living out those stories. Mother, father, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, career, um, friends, uh, possessions, all kinds of houses, cars, uh, all these these roles that we get into that you know if we have a car we have to take care of it uh, so it's we have a house we have to take care of it so we keep adding accumulating so that we feel more and more substantial but what happens when we step out of those stories can we even and when we step out what happens to us when we take a couple of hours every Sunday to just step out of the roles for a while. Uh-oh. Who are we? Who are we then? Most of us don't know that much about each other, which is a kind of good thing because we're not we're not evaluating, judging, creating, oh, I see Renee, and I know her story. I don't know your story. You're a completely new creature for me. <laughs> you know? And I can, I can see you. We say we see the Buddha. You know, we just see this being. Uh, I don't have to attach anything to it. So we come here leaving our stories, leaving our busyness, pulling the plug for a little while and seeing what's, what is this? This is empty space. This is spaciousness. This is not constraining me into, well, Dharma teacher. I try not to 
get too stuck there. But it's an opportunity to see, to experience ourselves as space and not be afraid of it. And experience our life as having a spaciousness, not having to be filled with stuff. So meditation, our practice, is not, you could say, is not one of the one of the things on our to-do list. I know perhaps for you it might be, because you might regard it as a burden that you have to do it. But actually it's outside of the to-do list. It, It is not a chore. It's not one of those things that part of your busy life. It's outside of that. It's outside of that. In fact, the to-do list is only a kind of adjunct to your practice, to meditation. In a way, if it were to be on your to-do list, it should be the first thing in big bold letters with a big space between that and everything else in very in the all the other stuff in very tiny little letters because without this spaciousness none of these other things are really a life worth living because you're not living in them you're living between them so Meditation practice creates this, we call it a Buddha field, this space in which you're kind of free to move around and really experience things with full presence. Who is the one who is not busy? Where is that person who is not busy? There's also a fear of not being busy. Who is that person who is afraid of not being busy? It's a good question for your practice. Who is the person afraid of not being busy? Who are you if you're not busy? Are you worth anything if you're not busy, if you don't have all these things to do? You can be doing all of the things on your to-do list as the one who is not busy. It's not the number of things that makes you busy. It's the way you do them. It's the absence of your presence 
that keeps you busy. And so, can, you, can we do everything in our lives one after another as if we are doing brain surgery each time? Giving ourselves fully to each experience. There's no busyness then. There's just this. Where is there room for feeling busy when you're not projecting onto the next item? Busyness is only happening when you're moving out of the present moment then you're feeling busy. And sometimes people think, well, if I just work faster, if I'm more efficient, then I won't feel so busy. No, that ha what happens then is that you burn out when you try to get more things done and then you won't be so busy. Then it's burnout time. So this practice is incredibly healthy because it creates space for us to be. Even if we do it once a week on Sunday, at least we get a taste of what it might feel like to have this to relieve ourselves of this fear. Because when we sit here, we're, we're, we have pulled the plug. At least that's the intention. And you can tell if you actually have pulled the plug, if you're not already thinking <laughs> about the next, the next few hours, the next part of your day. But it's good just to even notice that. Notice when you're not here. And notice that that is the busyness. That is the fear. That is the laziness. I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm not here. So if you're too busy to meditate, you are too busy, too, too busy, too lazy. <laughs>